Good morning. Wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah, good morning. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Like all the participants, all the contributors from around the corner, Utrecht, uh, literally around the corner, and but in Utrecht, Rotterdam, Amsterdam, but also from very far away, like starting from Cologne, Vienna, Oslo, Johannesburg, Mexico City. Uh, uh, Shanghai, like, yeah, many other places. Um, so uh, thank you very much again for your commitment to art institutional matters with commoning and unlearning and your uh, trust in this organization, but also openness uh, and presence. Um, usually, uh, I actually don't read, and I do a lot of mumbling, <laughs> but this time uh, we uh, have to keep time really precious so that we can condense many matters over just two days, so please uh, tolerate me uh, uh, reading. Uh, maybe this is much better, anyhow. <laughs> so um, I also uh, like to thank, deeply thanks very much, and, and emphasizing that I'm speaking actually with uh, many who's behind, uh, who's like real force behind uh, engendering and organizing this assembly. So, Annette Kraus. We have been working together with Annette uh, on unlearning art institutional habit for last four years. Uh, all the relation between us uh, and our friendship is like uh, feels like forever. <laughs> um, and some members of Arts Collaboratory Network, or we call, we're trying to call ecosystem, uh, with whom also for last more than uh, four years, I think becoming kind of 60 years, and for some even more, even longer, uh, uh, meeting and uh, working together for experimenting with forms of trans-local collaboration and solidarity uh, among art organizations who are engaging with uh, post-colonial social political context. So uh, we have uh, Anna Garzon from Mas Arte Mas Asion from Bogota and Choco. Uh, she's not here yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Aline Kuri from Almama in Jerusalem. Um, we have uh, Cabello Malatis, <laughs> ah, Cabello from uh, Vansa Network in Johannesburg. And we have Fedi Tazik uh, from Kunci, uh, based in Jakarta and partly in Berlin, who's actually joining us tomorrow. Uh, and then Gertrude Flang and Yula is on her way too, <laughs> right? Of uh, Dune Foundation based in uh, Amsterdam. So we are some, uh, including Casco, uh, we are some of this larger uh, uh, network called Arts Collaboratory. Um, then we have also Yin, correct? 
here. Uh, we used to work together, so she was a member of Casco team, but she was maybe the best <laughs> in breaking institutional habit, <laughs> so she left. <laughs> but uh, she found a really great way of relating to us, so uh, has been organizing this assembly together. <laughs> and <laughs> we have uh, Mariana Taku. Um, She's in the other room. She's in the other room. She was on the reception desk there wearing the suit. <laughs> Mariana Taku. And next to Mariana, there's a, a Rosa Padenkupong. Okay, she's also there. And Eric Artbomhart. And Stacy Boucher. <laughs> and then here, uh, Yolandi van der Heide. <laughs> and myself. And uh, all the support team from designers uh, the, who's photographing uh, uh, and audio recording and cleaning uh, to uh, volunteers today who helped to uh, arrange all of this. Uh, excuse me for not mentioning all the names. Um, we actually have a practice of uh, naming all of this, which you can see in the colophon page of the book we are launching today. And then also I'd like to thank for Inke Castellan, uh, whose uh, studio you can see uh, behind you. And yeah, so uh, a door is open and she offer her uh, room, but also some of the chairs, <laughs> which is related to her artistic practice, by the way. So, yeah, having said all this, also not managing to name all the names, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, strange to <laughs> read. Uh, so, yes, it's very humbling. <laughs> this is actually expression from uh, Michelle, which I'm... Uh, learning to take and use and embody. Yeah, but this is really humbling and really extraordinary. <laughs> um, so I just like to uh, um, clarify like three points with regard to the assembly. So um, first is about assembly. So uh, many of you might be very familiar with assembly, like one that uh, very actively exercise in the Occupy movement or as a general democratic political tool. So we have a general assembly in many uh, countries or many city-states. And uh, at Casco, we were very much affected by, uh, influenced and cherished by the annual assembly of arts collaboratory that taking place uh, since 2014 and in kind of uh, quasi form uh, even before. Um, um, and then, as you can see, this assembly uh, is one of our unlearning exercises, which you can uh, read about. So, uh, in making transition to art institution of uh, commoning, uh, we kept this idea of instituting commoning like, at the very first. But this comes at the very last, uh, and this is what we most suffer from <laughs> without knowing and with a lot of confusion, and especially about the membership. So we were a bit like obsessed with the idea of building membership, but we stuck, like who are the members? Who should be member? What to do with members? Um, um, but then we were very clear, we don't want to organize another conference, but we want assembly. 
and you are in the middle of research, <laughs> of deliberation uh, about this assembly. So that is, um, yeah, so assembly with uh, temporary members, participants, um, and contributors. So I'd like to also suggest you to dwell on what it means to temporary, temporality, which is also very important in our unlearning exercises. Uh, and uh, we don't have any claim uh, about assembly, so we uh, we have been doing our best not to say Casco assembly. It's like assembly at Casco. So this is actually we are proposing, or are we merely following as a form of common uh, 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 practice that just proliferating. So we are joining this force, and then some of you also joining and uh, organized it or be part of other assembly elsewhere. Um, so uh, this is a theoretical <coughs> concept, but I'm deeply in love, so I'd like to share. I'm using this word like molecular and nomadic. This is a like, concept from Deleuze and Guattari in Southern Plateau. Um, uh, I'd like to have conversation with you if you are interested. <laughs> and uh, it's also very much unlearning assembly uh, as much as assembling, uh, assembly on unlearning, therefore. And second point is um, like this approach to assembly, uh, of course, based on uh, deeply rooted in uh, our approach uh, to the commons, the notion of commons. We all know, but at the same time, we don't know what this concept so, um, so, but what we know is uh, it's kind of shared things managed by a kind of community with certain autonomous rules or autonomous agreement on certain values. Uh, but we, uh, having that in mind, however, we take it a bit broadly. So as uh, uh, like commons as a movement. So movement of relating and negotiating that relation between the private sphere, a private sphere and a public sphere. Furthermore, equality and togetherness with more actually differences, singularities, or more uncommon. Um, for um, like ultimately for non-alienating life with that differences uh, and more equality. Uh, in the differences, so like whether it's for human or animal, or <laughs> nature. So uh, this means uh, we are also realizing by like working on the commons that commons as a movement is ultimately like undoing all the binaries. So like nature, culture, manual, intellectual, and institution, non-institution, and uh, private and public, as I mentioned before. So all. This binary uh, system seems to be the very foundational mechanism for uh, hierarchy power, high, high hierarchy of power that we are here also to tackle with unlearning. So a third point is uh, the elephant in the room, <laughs> the very title of the assembly. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it will be introduced one way or another, or we would feel maybe during this process. So I just like to point at we do not refer to a personality or a figure with an elephant. 
this is also what was mentioned in one of the conversations uh, uh, called toilet tissues in the book. Sorry, a lot of promotion for the book. <laughs> 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 uh, um, so it's not open, even an institution, but uh, uh, it is rather, like I like to say, a habit of doing and thinking that uh, hence we actually are not so much aware and or we take for granted uh, with our own privilege or power that work against common. So I hope this is process of like uh, sharing uh, uh, or recognizing our elephants very dearly. <laughs> uh, so as a in the meta note, um, like all of this, like assembly and commons, like a matter of equality uh, and non-alienating life, all of this actually matters, uh, or it doesn't matter whether it's uh, about art organization or not. Um, as an art organization, we also has been very much um, uh, confused why we are doing, <laughs> uh, or are we actually digging our own uh, tomb <laughs> to disappear as an art organization. There has been this uh, threat <laughs> all the time. But uh, I think our conviction is if uh, art organization or us in the field of art take this matter into our hands to bring to the visibility and forms and aesthetic, um, we can make uh, quite important uh, contribution to better world. <laughs> so uh, as much as so, um, question about art is important to carry on, what kind of art that we are dealing with. Uh, although we don't have any of unlearning art in our session, but it's always there. So um, please uh, think together, uh, let's think together about the art that we deal with. And uh, in doing so, um, please uh, find a moment to see the exhibitions upstairs, solo exhibition by Alma Heikila and the uh, exhibition by, um, um, uh, by Impact Festival, our neighbor uh, organizations, which we are hosting upstairs. Yes. Can I invite? Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Bina. Um, should I also stand? No, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bina. Thank you, Um Also, from me, a warm welcome. And actually, when I have been nervous before, now what is added to that I'm also touched. So it's like, wow, a lot of emotions going on here. <laughs> and I really, really would like to extend the thank yous that you already started. And uh, one particular one, which is um, that I would like to thank you, is the shifting team of Casco since 2014, mm -hmm. which is uh, when we started a learning process, the many different people who worked here, volunteered here, interned here, that have been part of the, the process, um, the unlearning project. Um, and when we did the distribution of Rhodes' task for the introduction, I took the role and I got the role of uh, situating a little bit what we actually mean um, by unlearning, by practices of unlearning. Um, because it's like very often mentioned in the program, of course the book 
has the, the term in it. <laughs> um, and since so, actually, since the whole assembly is revolving around this um, notion, I would like to yeah, say a little bit something about that. So again, I would like to say hundreds of times, thank you, and together with the incredibly generous uh, team over the years, the Casco team, um, we have actually looked into, started with one big question, and that is, what is it actually when an art institution is interested in the practice of unlearning? So what is that? What does it mean? And maybe also, not only what does it mean, but also what does it do to the daily workings of an, of an institution for its artistic art institutional visions, but also its managerial and administrative ethos. So it's really like uh, uh, looking at an institution, the back and the front of an institution, and where can we place unlearning? Maybe at the nexus of where these two kind of cross? So that has been uh, um, one of the questions, but of course also Casco being heavily engaged in the notion of the commons, so how can we practice unlearning here in Casco Art Institute in relation to art institutional transformation, artistic practices and the commons, commoning, practices of commoning. And actually now I would like to go a step back and I want to address a question that we have been asked quite frequently, and that is why actually unlearning and not simply learning? So why this move from unlearning to uh, from learning to unlearning, or as we uh, started to talk about the co-determinancy between learning and unlearning? So it's not about getting rid of learning; it's about maybe we should add something, and that is what we propose. Um, and I would like to add two. I would like to go into two aspects in that. So firstly, our struggle and frustration um, over the years um, with engagements with learning theories and practices stems from the fact, or from a taken for granted actually, that, it, that you can see very often in when people deal with, I myself deal with the, the notion of practices of learning, and that is the learning used as the acquisition of knowledge, skills and habits of behavior. Acquisition of knowledge, skills, habits and behavior. And what it is, for me at least, and how we were discussing it, it's an additive model that builds upon possession and accumulation of knowledge. And we think, I think, that it's not a coincidence that this understanding of, of, uh, of learning, so this acquisition, this accumulative understanding of learning, actually very nicely, smoothly fits into knowledge economies that we are right now very much imported, uh, embedded in. So there is a model of learning that like, slides in without even thinking about it and is entangled which what we, with what we call knowledge economy, and certainly in Europe. And so this is fostering actually a capitalist idea of accumulation that majorly upholds injustices when it comes to the global division of labor and sustains forms of coloniality amidst our realities. So this small little model of learning, I guess that is what we are um, struggling with, has quite emanations into many realities of our lives. And that's also like coming to the second point already, the coloniality of learning. So when we start from the, um, the co-determinancy of learning and unlearning, this accumulative model of learning can easily be linked, linked actually to the notion of development. And the acquisition model of learning supports an idea of progression and maturity. So for example, an understanding that comes from, oh, there is apparently a movement going on from immaturity to maturity, which is again supported by an understanding of learning, of this accumulative model of learning. And this accumulative understanding of learning has to be thought 
together with the concept of progress as one of the big enlightenment mischievements. <laughs> so a cumulative concept of learning, and here especially historical learning, of course, of, uh, as well, very much bolstered up and still bolstering up concepts of progressive historical development. And this entanglement actually relates back to concepts of progress that emerged right at the moment when Europe declared itself superior to other people, cultures, and used actually these models of progress and learning for, as models uh, for legitimation. So in my point, our point, very often discussed in the, in the collaboration is that we are actually still embedded. So our hypothesis is that we are still embedded in, this, uh, in these concepts and practices. And our co collaboration wants to unpack and still wants to unpack, and this assembly very much wants to unpack the complicity between practices of learning, unlearning, and support models of accumulation and growth that feed our knowledge economy as well as conditions of coloniality that are perpetuated and that we are perpetuating in uh, educational and institutional structures. So um, looking also back into our process, there was one uh, um, term, not only unlearning, that we hold close to, but actually unlearning was privilege. And it's a term that post-colonial feminist scholar Gayatri Spivak coined in the 1980s, unlearning one's privileges, um, that gives another, of course, twist to the um, whole debate around learning and unlearning. And we continued, actually, throughout now four years, um, to find her reference quite useful in that. So unlearning one's, one's privileges, as we understood it, is a real, relentlessly working through one's histories, one's assumptions and prejudices in order to tackle injustices in a globalized world. And from this, we kind of derived a working definition that we tried to, when we lost our way, that we went back to and tried to, okay, maybe we can start there again. So from this, the working definition was unlearning as becoming aware, but also getting rid of taking for granted truths of theory and practice in order to face and challenge um, injustices in a globalized world. And uh, of course, when we talk now about the economization of learning and the uh, coloniality of learning, that does not necessarily stop with unlearning. No? So, uh, um, and this is something that you nowadays can see very broadly and uh, um, widely, um, when you look into corporate structures and business contexts, where unlearning is actually meanwhile taken up <laughs> as a flexibilization, as an increase and legitimation of the flexibilization of a workforce. So there is already a counterforce going on, a normalization process, a capitalist form force going on. But nevertheless, so we brought that in in our meetings a lot and in our discussions, <laughs> nevertheless we hold close to the notion of unlearning and practice of unlearning, so how could we do that? Um, in order to, at least for now still, we think that it is still worthwhile to thicken an understanding of learning, of unlearning. In order to, not to start or depart from an understanding that says like, okay, there's a thoroughly subversive capacity of unlearning. So I don't think it is actually there. So unlearning is not per se uh, subversive, but until now, it seems, for me at least, um, that there is still a potential at this very moment to break with the promise of limitless uh, economic growth within this approach towards unlearning. And also, again, back to Spivak, have it as a tough reminder through unlearning one's privileges when it comes to decolonizing learning practices. Having said that all, also what Bina said, uh, let me quickly sketch how we actually, until now, how it trickles through 
and infuses the program. So we have three unlearning sessions today. It's, uh, the first one is unlearning uh, maintenance, um, which looks into pair and reproductive labor. The second one, we will actually go into, onto a boat, um, where we address the state of coloniality with Nancy Yawa. And the third one um, is unlearning movement, where we bring two networks together, the Ask Collaboratory Network, that uh, uh, Bina already introduced some of the members, but we also have two members of another network, another roadmap of art education, with Dineo Segote and uh, uh, Sofia Oleswaga. And uh, um, so these are the, the big sessions, and in between you will be surprised by some other parts. I will hand over now to Yolandi for the third part of the introduction. Which is <laughs> actually the book launch. <laughs> I have this exciting class. Um, okay. So uh, please forgive me too in the spirit of time I will read. Uh, keeping time. And then uh, what we aim to do is give you a kind of idea or sense of how the the book uh, came together and how it's mm -hmm. structured. Uh, so Ying will be uh, uh, showing <laughs> out the book as I, as I speak. Is Rosie in the book? Yes, Rosie's there, Rosie's there. Please. <laughs> so the, the, the book is structured uh, in chapters, uh, the collection of uh, unlearning exercises. <laughs> Which Annette has like also a, introduced. They're into organizational conversations and uh, theoretical texts that give insights and extensions and uh, further food for thought, if you will, uh, to the heart of the book, which are the exercises. Uh, the unlearning exercises are where we began, and they are the results of uh, conversations, uh, exhibitions, meetings, and study meetings and then learn experiments that are informed by an, an attempt to be alert, alert of and at best, I guess, uh, uh, get rid of competitive organizational structures and uh, working relations. Um, uh, so through, through the book or with the book, we offer uh, these imperfect uh, working progress, uh, modest tools uh, that are in a sense, uh, maybe evidence of a commenting process. Uh, for further uptake, tweaking, intervention, uh, further imagination. Right. So those are the exercises. So from the exercises, they're bracketed or, or wrapped, if we imagine, an onion structure. Oh, wow. <laughs> By a series of uh, toilet tissues that give insight into uh, Casco's relationship to sister organizations, uh, also within the Arts Collaboratory Network uh, and other scholars. Um, the toilet tissues are ignited uh, by the question of who buys toilet paper. This is the result of uh, a conversation that happened at Kunchi where a uh, member of Kunchi, Dina, uh, came about that she was the one that buys the toilet paper in the organization all the time. So that became like an emblematic question, <laughs> a situation that points to this uh, separation of production and reproduction right, that we would ask ourselves time and time again as the learning project looks to, uh, look to, looks to address the invisibilizing of maintenance work. Um, 
though these uh, toilet tissues or inter-organizational uh, organizations, um, uh, inter-organizational conversations rather, kind of touch on day-to-day -day operations in the field of art, culture, and social organization, social organizing across Indonesia, the Netherlands, United Kingdom, uh, and Mexico. Um, so the experiences and ideas around unlearning maintenance and reproductive labor and institutional uh, change is further uh, expanded upon with four texts. Uh, these are the essays. So uh, we were at a point with the publication where uh, beyond the unlearning exercises, we invite people to, um, to expound upon it. Uh, first of the essays uh, is one by Nancy Yo, who will be giving a boat ride tour uh, later this afternoon. And this, uh, she brings together several, uh, what she calls vignettes from personal account over 10 odd years in uh, uh, institutional, Dutch institutional um, uh, work. And she combined, she, she recounts essentially, at least for me, how her black subjectivity has been erased and then connecting that to uh, recently founded black initiatives in the Netherlands. The second essay is, uh, by Bina <laughs> and, and myself, <laughs> uh, where, we, uh, uh, where we look into, or the text thinks through how uh, new labor relations may be, may be cultivated. And uh, we draw upon the arts collaboratory uh, network experience that, um, that aims to build counter-hegemonic art uh, funding structures. It looks into how these, this might be uh, collectively built. And we also draw upon the learning experience. And then the, the third essay uh, gives an economic focus on art uh, instituting and learning. Uh, and it's by Aneta. <laughs> uh, and I mean, she addressed it a little bit before. So she's digging into the uh, ideology of lifelong learning. And it's a reduced chapter from her PhD. Um, and she's going into the European policy papers since 2000 and making a connection between lifelong learning and the economization of education and uh, artist practices. And then the last is, uh, of the essays is Andrea Phillips, who situates uh, lifelong learning in, a, in the wider frame or context of meritocracy. So troubling this uh, ruling regime of gaining merits and the belief that one may achieve or can achieve anything if you just work hard enough. Um, <laughs> so together, the, these companion pieces, if you will, reveal structural, uh, often economic, and uh, economic forces at play in our conceptions of unlearning. <laughs> and then we have an, uh, a forward by uh, Marina Wischmidt and uh, Kerstin uh, Steigmeier, who maybe... <laughs> who... Ah, they, they maybe deliver my favorite line in the book. Uh, knowing who cleans your constyle has no bearing on their uh, condition. And shout out to Liz Allen, who crafted the introduction <laughs> together, together with me, but let it, let it. Um, uh, and then uh, there's an afterwards that can, that's also by Bina and... Uh, Aneta that recalls the unlearning process and reflects on how we, uh, we the evolving team at Casco, attempted to overcome the divisions that uncommon um, us on a daily basis. Uh, the afterward is 
as I first often are, next to glossary and bibliography and colophon. And the colophon, <laughs> as Rosie will recall, was the most uh, <laughs> grueling <laughs> process to, to do in that we tried to, uh, to mention and acknowledge every body uh, that had a hand in, uh, in making the book in some shape or form over the, the four, four year process. Well, two-year process of book, but when we think about the learning exercise, uh, four-year. Um, so yes, Rosie is designer <laughs> of the book, pageant, pageant, pageant person. And uh, final notes, uh, co-publisher, who also are faithful, uh, sturdy, stern hands of Valis. Uh, couldn't be possible without them. And final promotion, it goes for 9.90. And is uh, is available for sale in the in the opposite room. Okay, I think that's it. <laughs> Alright. Yes. Shall I hand it over to you guys? something quickly. Uh, if you have looked into the program, you will see that this assembly is punctuated by book situations. And they are kind of like short performances or uh, readings that, uh, or conversations that kind of introduce uh, in, uh, introductions into the book of unlearning exercises. Uh, and we would like to move to the first one, which is kind of introducing Khodan and Aisha's uh, uh, session after. So I'd like to invite uh, Stacy to the front, and Mafalda, and Svenja, and An uh, Anna, please, if you could. Oh, no, your piece, uh, yeah. 